with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome on News Talk 1130 WISN to the retirement clinic with the Kowal Investment Group. The Retirement Specialist, first show of 2024, hosting the show, The Kowals. Aaron Kowal, President <laughs> Jeff Kowal, the founder of the Kowal Investment Group. I'll start with you, Aaron. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And the same to you, Jeff. Happy New Year. Thank you, Paul. Happy New Year to you and your family, our listeners. Happy New Year. I hope it's a great year. Well, let's hope it is, right? And it's going to be a busy year, an election year. Oh, yeah. Lots to talk about. Jeff has been doing these shows. Aaron, you've been doing these shows. The Retirement Clinic dates way back to 2001. Yeah. Hard to believe, huh? Well, and we don't just talk about the economy, but everything that involves your retirement. And I think we should start with a little background on the Kowal Investment Group, your new locations, um, and kind of your niche of retirement planning. Aaron, I'll start with you. Sure, yeah, we've been uh, around for a while. My dad started the firm in 87, uh, and really with a focus on retirement and on helping people. I think that's why we've been uh, in business for so long is that the focus has always been on uh, improving others' lives. Uh, I like to say you know, we're hipsters. We're, we were fiduciaries before that was even a thing. Um, yeah. You know, We answered to a higher power too, but it, you know, it's... I think that as long as we take care of our clients, we'll be fine in the long run. And I think that has a lot to do for success. So we work with people close to or already in retirement, uh, have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, and want to improve their situation and work with a lot of business owners. As you you know, we have that boss segment every uh, every week on the show. Business uh, owners, savings, and security. Yes, yes. And... And it's just a, uh, you know, I think it shows a, a public service also to disseminate information that can help people's lives. Yeah, and each week we talk about a different topic related to retirement planning. If you have questions during the show, off the, you know, after the show, during the week, please reach out the Kowal Investment Group at 262-522-4040. Check out their website, which is thekowalway.com. Literally have expanded as well, Jeff, recently. Oh, well, yeah, the additional office in uh, Delafield. Aaron will give a nice summary of where we started with the fiduciary standard and, and what Co-op Investment Group is most known for is that we help clients grow and thrive in retirement without ever sacrificing their way of life that they've worked so hard to achieve. And that's been important. That's a driving force for us. So if you have 750000 a million, $2 million, $5 million, $10 million or more, we care deeply about your success in retirement. We act as fiduciaries and always put our clients interest first do we need to explain what fiduciary is we hear it on commercials we hear it on different what is that term about Aaron yeah that is a term that's that's come about in the last I don't know 10 20 years or so that uh, is puts your clients interests first so if you were to to do anything if you're in that client situation you have to do what would be best if what you would do in that situation and uh, it's really I think the only way to, to do business and like I said, we were doing business that way before. Uh, it's not. You know, it, there are certain relationships where you manage, where you represent the company, the insurance company, or uh, brokerage company, and not necessarily the client. We believe that we want to put the client's best interests first uh, and take care of them. And like I said, if we take care of our clients, we'll be just fine. Yeah, Jeff mentioned that Delafield location you added last year, twenty twenty three. You're in Waukesha, right? The world headquarters. 
Port Washington and Ozaukee County, Phoenix, Arizona, in Racine, Wisconsin. That's right at the Highway 20 exit, of course, now in Florida as well, literally scattered all over the country. I know your license in many states, Aaron. 27 states. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, that's a lot. So that you can take care of the snowbirds, Jeff, as they travel and enjoy their retirement years. Absolutely. We've been fortunate and blessed that our clients like us enough that after they do business with us, if they move somewhere else, uh, they continue working with us for a lifetime. We look at a lifetime relationship. We work with uh, people generally when they start in their 50s uh, as they approach and plan for retirement all the way into their 90s. So we see the great times when they're excited about retiring. We see the more difficult times. But a day-to-day basis in our office, we see uh, from beginning to end and re- with regard to retirement planning and all aspects of retirement, taxes, uh, estate planning, which Aaron's going to start talking about a little bit, uh, wealth preservation, uh, investments. We manage over $1.1 billion of assets for our clients, and I think that's why clients trust us with larger amounts of money as well. Good. Mike's off. A good sneak preview into what's on the agenda for today's show. Let's dive into the program, Aaron. Your father, Jeff, just mentioned estate planning. That's coming up. Things to avoid, mistakes to avoid in retirement with asset protection. But you want to start, Aaron, with this is <laughs> this is going to affect. Put you on the spot on this next one, Paul. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> Making wealth management decisions together as a couple. Yeah, and you know, that's I'm sure it's very tip. We see that a lot. It's typical in many marriages, mine too, right? That there's one uh, spouse that's more interested in the financial planning. <laughs> You're laughing, but that it's interested in the financial planning. Uh, decision. So, um, or maybe not interested, but one that does all the, f- all the work on it and yes. the research and not just investments, maybe paying the bills. Just usually, you know, in my household, it's my wife, yeah. right? But I do have mine too. <laughs> see, uh, and is that okay? Should we be in it as a couple, fifty-fifty? I think it's normal for one to do one right. thing. We each have our duties, in other words. So make sure you're, communication is key. I think that's the the core of any marriage or one of the cores of any marriage but so when uh, we have a white paper here too and anybody that, that wants us i'm happy to send this to you uh just just reach out to us at 262-522-4040 or at the uh so when making decisions about your wealth and finances how often do you and your spouse work together as a team to arrive at a place you're both happy Consider that spouses report higher relationship quality and stability when they feel they're both involved in financial decisions and processes. You know, we've we talked to some people that it's, a lot of times it's the husband making all the decisions, even to the point of putting the 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 wife on, you know, on an allowance and different, you know, different. Which, oh, that's that a would go big in our house. Oh. Yeah, I can't imagine mom, you know, mom putting up with that. I can't imagine my wife, yeah, no you know, with, with, you know, with yep. that. But there's you know some generational things there there too. Um, but it, it, I find that it's most important when everyone's on the same page, even if it's not the same interest. Like, you know, my wife is not ever going to be researching uh, any sort of investment strategies or retirement strategies. And but you do, but I do. Yeah, yeah, you know, And so uh, here, here's some reasons to work as a team. Uh, so stronger commitment to your goals. Couples who set goals together are on, and on the same page or more likely to mutually commit to those shared goals versus, say, to goals that are dictated by one spouse to the other. Like if it's my goal to have a McLaren F1 sports car, 
Uh, and a good my, goal. My wife may not be as on board with that goal. Um, and so there, you want to make sure that you're, you're at least talking and having shared goals together because if we're both committed to march down the field at same, in the same way, you're much more likely to achieve that. I don't know about you guys, our listeners, but in my own life, I know several people, both you know, men and women, that will surprise their spouse with something, be it something for themselves or their significant other, and it wasn't discussed before. Yeah. Don and I have this kind of unspoken, unwritten rule where we just would never do that. I'm not going to go buy a car without telling her. Right. And she would never do that to me. So, but it does happen. Right. Now, do you communicate? And is, are you okay with that? Or if you just do it, that could cause some issues. Yeah. You know, that's, um, I don't know if it was SNL or another, but they had like the, the Lexus December to remember. And the guy buys, buys a car, surprises his wife with the car with a big bow on it. And she walks out. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, we are already in debt. Why are you doing this? This is, we can't afford the bills that we have. He's like, yeah, but it's a December to remember. And she's like, I don't care. Don't surprise Every me with the car. Every Christmas we see these commercials on TV yeah. where the new car's in the driveway with the big ribbon. About, and I, I think to myself, who does that? As a financial advisor, I would advise against that. No, I gave Jane a December to remember and she still brings it up. Was that the year of the generator? <laughs> no, that was the shop vac. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a, the generator too. That's another one. Yes, those oh. are December's to remember. We all that. have our strengths, and sometimes <laughs> gift giving isn't one of them. Uh, <laughs> nothing says I love you more than a generator. <laughs> yes. uh, or something you need, a shop vac. These are necessities, right? Yeah, yes. but it was implying that you're yeah, those, are clearly, I'm not going those are clearly to. birthday gifts. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, another reason to work as a team is reality check in stressful times. Even the best wealth plan can crumble if you panic during times of market volatility and uncertainty and make rash moves, uh, such as selling out of stocks if they, after they plummeted in price. But by acting as partners, you and your spouse can potentially help each other when one of you gets nervous and is tempted to let emotions uh, override rational thought that that happens. That can happen where where there's some volatility and one may not have. Uh, have the same risk tolerance that, that you have. Here's a, a, a big one, and one that we talk about with clients, even though it's a little more uncomfortable, is one of you will likely live longer. Women generally have longer life expectancies than do men, so there's a decent chance that a wife will eventually have to deal with financial decisions without her husband, possibly for many years. That's a big reason why we really want, even if she doesn't care, we really want the wife involved in the financial planning so that at least have a, a relationship with us uh, and have someone that they trust that they they has their best interest at heart if something were to happen to the, to the husband. Do you think it's a generational shift, Jeff, that in 1940, things were different than they are in 20, now 2024, that it was... You think I know it was around in 1940? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Try 1920s, to the Paul. To the elder statesmen in the room. No, I'm, I'm serious, though, right? There was a time, I think, Oh, when yeah, my parents, my mom, I, although I remember them growing up that every Friday they, my dad would get paid. He was a, a mailman, a letter carrier, and you know they would have envelopes for everything. I remember them, and my mom was involved in that. She would let, her, let them know how much she needed for that, but they were involved in that uh, all the time. I think a lot of times parents or, pe or clients of ours appreciate the fact that we have the next generation in place. We have younger advisors in place so that if something happens to me, 
uh, or some of our more senior advisors that they don't have to worry about. It. There's somebody else that can step in, especially if they come into the office and meet with us. They'll see that there are other people, younger people, more elderly statesmen, as you put it, Paul, uh, in the office. And I think that that's very meaningful to them when you talk about a lifelong relationship. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Okay, back to what couples need yeah. to worry about uh, when you make your wealth management decisions together, and yeah. hopefully you are doing them together. Right, and uh, so a couple more reasons to work as a team than uh, strategies and how to how to do it. Um, so so another reason is shared risk, shared responsibility. Even if you're a math whiz and your spouse isn't, the two of you should both weigh in on financial decisions. Otherwise, only one of you is essentially on the hook. For any money mistakes that occur, opening the door to second guessing uh, of the other, blame and resentment, which no one likes. Uh, and a stronger marriage. Money issues and concerns are regularly cited as le- leading drivers of divorce, and financial arguments may be the strongest predictor of divorce. Uh, so if you're not currently consulting with your spouse on wealth management matters, or if you feel that maybe you could strike a better balance, consider some action for more collaborative decision making. Uh, number one, boost your financial smarts. If one of you has less investment acumen than does the other, or at least feels that you have less, consider reading investment primers from reputable sources, then dive deeper once you, you're confident you understand the basics. That Sometimes those are not always, it's, it's based on interest. Like I probably wouldn't right. be able to get my wife to you know, read anything, but she trusts me that I know or that there is a financial advisor that would provide that information uh there another reason to that the spouse likes to come to the meetings because it applies just this area you don't have to do research everywhere else come here learn what what's important to you in your life how it affects you and your family and your success and that's so it's a more narrow area that you don't have to go researching it and because you've got a lot of times the other spouse has a lot of other responsibilities elsewhere they don't want to be an expert in this right they want to know that you know and care for them uh, be willing to give up some control, uh, effective, which is hard for a lot of people, I will add. Uh, effective mutual decision-making requires a willingness to collaborate and compromise. Uh, if you're in the one making all the, in the relationship making all decisions, ask yourself why that is and how you could better welcome your spouse's opinion about financial issues. Uh, you may not always agree, but it's good to be to have a conversation on that. Uh, discuss your goals, shared and individual. If I want to achieve something in my in my life with our family and I don't talk about it with my wife, I mean... How, I can't blame her if we don't achieve it. We can't we can't talk about that. Uh, so when was the last time you compared notes about what you both want from life? I mean, some of these are, are good uh, are good goals. Most people's goals for themselves as individuals and as a couple change at least somewhat over time. I know ours has changed dramatically. Um, so a check-in is a good idea. You can even make separate lists of big goals, rate them 1 to 10 in terms of importance, and compare. Let me just say, one of those big goals might be retirement. When do you, yeah. especially as you get close, now that I'm a little bit older, <clears throat> not as old as, no, I'm 50, <laughs> okay, I'm 57. That's different than 27 or even 37, but Aaron, as you get closer to retirement, I think you need to communicate to your spouse what your plans are. When do you plan on retiring? You know, I've had, uh, that's that's a huge one, and some, you know, I I think a lot of uh, men want to stay because they want, that's how where their identity is, that's I have a man I earn, um, I provide. and Hard to step away from. It's hard to step away from that for for some people. Um, And 
want to be able to continue to provide for for a spouse. Uh, sometimes, you know, we've, we've had clients with conflicting goals where we say, I want to buy this specific car when I retire. And, you know, we, we'll, we'll look at it and be like, okay, you can actually afford to do that. And you get to sometimes have a spouse be like, I don't want him having that thing. I think yeah. it's a death trap. Tell him he can't afford yeah. it. And you know, so those those are, you know, some, we're mediators sometimes when it comes to some of these, uh, some of these discussions. And it's good to have be on the same page. Now, my wife's not always going to agree with everything that I want to do, and I'm not going to agree with everything. Uh, well, maybe I will have to agree with yes, everything she, she wants. Yes, you will. <laughs> but you know, there is. Is there compromise. a couple on the planet that agrees on everything? My wife and I. Yes. Okay. According, according to her, we agree on everything. Um, and so another, you know, clarify your respective tolerance for risk. You know, like my my wife and I have dramatically different risk tolerances, um, and, and so we want to make sure we're at least on board so that. Um, that that if you know, she doesn't want to have anything in the market, I'm not off doing, you know, pig bellies in South America or something. You know, that's not well. You know, there are investments that can go south on people, right? Yes, and then, absolutely. And then the blame game, and yeah. that and then you get into a whole discussion there too, and you you can get defensive and try to you know, I, I can see where things can happen, Aaron. So communication is essential. And the last on this, I agree. The last on this is enlist your advisor. A trusted professional can help you consider these and other crucial financial issues as a married couple to find a path to agreement. You know, sometimes I'm okay being the bad guy when it comes to to some of these. Be like, I can't afford it, or this is the really the way it is. We're not, you know, we're not yes men uh, and women. We will we say say it how it is. Some, you know, we're not always going to be like, yeah, you can go buy that that plane. Uh, it's like, okay, let's put a plan to get there or it's not possible or even when when it comes to goals like that. But even with retirement, sometimes people's retirement goals and retirement vision don't align with reality. Aaron, Go ahead, Jeff. I, mean, I, I think this is all really great information, but you have to reduce it to writing. Yes. So how? So when you when you when a husband and wife gets together, they make those decisions. How do you know that you may need to either do your estate plan or update your estate plan? Well, we we can we can talk about that as well. So there's, um, you know, there, there's a lot of people's estate plans are um, are out of date, and you know, the estate plan is the process for how you transfer your wealth to to heirs, and can be very important. Um, and we, but it is important to make sure that your loved ones and your your are adequately provided for, and the causes that you care about are adequately adequately provided for as well. Um, and so. We want to make sure that your estate plan is up to task, is, is up to task, and achieving what you want to do. Um, so here's why your estate plan may need to be refreshed. A lot of estate plans are really old, uh, potentially outdated. There is some good news: eight out of ten affluent individuals uh, with five hundred thousand or more um, had some sort of estate plan in place. A lot of them are not up to date. Even if you have an estate plan, you may not be nearly as well prepared as you think. Uh, you are for transferring wealth according to your wishes. It's because more than half of these estate plans uh, are more than three years old. Um, and there's been a lot of changes. There's been changes in tax laws, in uh, Supreme Court uh, rulings, um, and wealth status. So you really need to look at these things on a, on a regular basis. That includes beneficiaries too, right? I mean, what if that changes? Life changes. Yeah, you might have some somebody that fell out of favor with you, or you might have somebody that passed away. Um, we've also seen in situations where you had an ex-spouse as is still a beneficiary yeah. on an old life insurance policy or on an old 401k. Imagine what good that's going to do. 
um, when you when not even what good, what bad it would cause. <laughs> no kidding. And simply because you <sighs> forgot, right? Or yeah, either, yeah. It, it, typically, you you may overlook that if you're not as as Aaron say. Let's review it periodically. Make sure it takes care of of uh, what you what you're really what you're trying to accomplish with you and your spouse. The key is that everybody, not a lot, not everybody. A lot of people will say, my kids know what we want to have done. My wife knows. But unless you reduce it to writing, it doesn't get done. They can't just artificially or automatically say, yeah, I want this thing to go there, this IRA to go there. If it's not, if it's not reduced to writing, it's not going to happen. We've had many estate planning attorneys yeah. on this show over the years talking about that. It's not set it and forget it. It is staying on top of it. It's, it is a part of your retirement plan, right, Aaron? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we look at... We approach this as a relationship with our clients. It's not just come on in, get your investments done, and we'll move on our merry way. It is an ongoing relationship with you. So you know, sometimes we have to annoy our clients into saying, okay, did you call the estate planter? Did you get that updated? Okay, your your kid got divorced. Do you want to do anything different for uh, for your, your ex-daughter-in-law or son-in-law? Do you want to... Um, you had births. Do you want to? Your kids are doing really well. Do you want to skip them and, and uh, enrich your grandkids? Um, you know, and so that's what we're doing. Uh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> skipping the generation and awarding the grandchildren. Sure. I, like, I mean, and that, for my brother, that's fine. Um, <laughs> in all reality, that's what we are talking about. Right? Yeah. Some families do fall out of favor, as you said, Jeff. Things happen in life, and you may not want that person in. To re to get a dime of what you have, right? Well, you know, we, we have kids that they might have substance abuse issues, yep. and or special needs, and so uh, sometimes those you know, both those will come on later in life, not necessarily from birth. And so you want to make sure that you are working with somebody that cares for you in your situation that will make sure that your kids, your heirs are are taken care of, and that's why we we look at it more than once every three years no one likes to talk about death no one likes to talk no. about disability no one likes to talk about these things mortality that's- right and that's what you guys do and it you're right we don't want to face death or we don't want to talk about divorce even though it's over it's now at 50 percent or more in this country so it happens we need right. to make sure jeff said get it in writing yeah, you have to reduce it down to rate. I have to talk to about this, you know, giving it to the next generation, to the grandchildren. Actually, Aaron and Laura got Jane the cutest thing for her birthday. It's a, it's a little plaque, and we actually put it outside already. It says, grandchildren always welcome, parents by appointment. <laughs> that is good. It is yes. awesome. Now that I have a grandson, albeit he's only a couple of months old, I want that sign. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, but yeah. it's important, and, and what Aaron was talking about, again, reducing it to rank, uh, trusted advisors, the attorney, a CPA will meet with you in our office. Um, we have a group of trusted advisors that we, that we feel address the needs of our clients, whether it's a blended family, uh, if it's uh, beneficiaries that you have concerns about, if you have a, a kid uh, that you want to make sure you keep some money away, we've got trusted advisors that will meet with them in the office as well. WISN's Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal and Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And before we break and get to that boss segment for business owners after the break, Aaron, kind of wrapping up the estate planning topic, what are your final thoughts or advice? Is to talk with us. Talk with somebody that that does estate planning, that that has your best interests at heart, that is proactive and making sure that you're, you're – uh, wishes are covered that you make sure that and don't let your estate plan just collect dust uh, in a drawer somewhere you want to make you want to 
break it out occasionally, make sure it's still what you want because life changes, laws change. Uh, there are estate planning um, issues and tactics that aren't uh, valid anymore because of different rules changes. And, and so you need to make sure that those are looked at because you could be funding something that isn't legal. And so an estate plan could be a power of attorney, a will, a trusted. It's a big umbrella, but the yeah. fact is most Americans do not have one. Yeah, it's and we hear that every time we have a guest on. Yeah, uh, most Americans don't have one. You need to. It doesn't matter really your wealth status, even just po- medical powers of attorney. If something happens, if you get into a car accident, and you can't, you know, you can't speak for yourself anymore. You want to take that decision out of your loved one's hands because that can cause so much more drama than than there needs to be. Yeah, that's good stuff. If you do have a question, the Cowal Investment Group is a phone call away or a click away thecowalway.com or 262-522-4040. That's the phone number, 262-522-4040. For business owners, we have the boss segment. That's coming up next. Also, we're going to get into other topics today, the asset protection planning mistakes, but how to avoid those mistakes. Aaron and Jeff have some insight as we continue this very first show of 2024 in WISN, the Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back. We are back with the Retirement Clinic, the Coldwell Investment Group. This segment, the BOSS segment, the acronym BOSS, Business Owners Savings and Security. With Jeff Kowal and Aaron Kowal, I'm Paul Cronforst. What do you got in store for us in today's BOSS? Well, it seems like a lot of the focus in in planning and in a lot of these discussions is probably because there is a deadline, is end-of-year planning. We always talk about these are some year-end tax tips, year-end planning tips. These are things to do. Well... The last time I was on, we did, we did do that. We did a year-end uh, business owner planning tips for uh, for the boss segment. So I thought this would be a fun one to do your beginning tips uh, for, for your planning for your business. And 2024 is here now, just in case you haven't looked at the calendar yet. I know when you write checks it. out, you see, you know, it'll take me two months to get used to 24. Right. You're still writing checks, Paul? I write checks out, yeah. <laughs> Not much. Anything, though. Anything you put a date on. Computer yeah, it files. Takes, it takes a while to remember. A document that you're signing. or Yeah, it takes a while. So, uh, start of the year planning. Uh, review last year's returns. Analyze last year's tax returns to identify potential savings or strategies for the new year. A lot of people are record keepers or scorekeepers uh, with their taxes. We really look for ways for our clients to reduce what they're paying in taxes. So if there's ways, you know, a lot of times in December, it's it's pretty hard to get something done by year end, especially if it's a little more intricate. Well, January, you've got a little more time you can start thinking about. We don't want you to be what we call the business overly patriotic and pay too much in taxes. So we're always looking for ways to reduce what you're paying in taxes. And so we, we do want to analyze last year's tax returns to identify potential savings or strategies for the new year. Uh, update accounting records. Ensure all your records are up to date for accurate tax planning and cash flow management. Uh, set up a, t- a retirement plan. If you don't have one, consider setting up a retirement plan for tax-deferred growth. A lot of companies don't have one, uh, whether it's a 401k, a SEP IRA, a simple IRA. Those are great ways to reduce current year uh, taxes. And, I th- and um, beginning of year is a good way to start looking at that and can help with retention also in this climate it's hard to keep good people i think and so that could be a great great way for uh employee retention 
Uh, plan for estimated taxes. Set up a, a schedule for estimated tax payments to avoid underpayment penalties. That is a sneaky one too, because it's, it's you want to make sure when you get your taxes done, so that you can know when uh, you're going how much you're going to be paying in those um, in those estimated taxes, which can be an issue if you're not paying what you need to. Oh yeah. Um, consider entity structure, which is not as thrilling as it sounds. Paul, entity but it, structure. Entity structure. So whether you're an LLC, a partnership, an uh, S corp, C corp, uh, LLP, what you know, any of those t- those structures, consult with a with a business attorney uh, and to see in a, a CPA and advisor to make sure that you're structured the correct way so that you can achieve what you want to do. So early in the year is a good time to evaluate if your business structure is still optimal for your situation. Uh, budget for capital expenditures. Plan for any large purchases to maximize tax benefits like depreciation. You know, I know a lot of business owners, not all of them really plan, have a plan out that if they, oh, I'll need, I know I'll need this new half million dollar equipment this year or next year, but eh, we'll just to, you know, just take care of it when time comes. It's like, well, you want to have a plan around that and make sure you're you're taking advantage of everything that you can because God knows the government's trying to take everything they can. You want to make sure you keep everything back uh, that, that you can as well. Uh, review your business plan. So align your tax planning, any other changes to update in your in your business strategy. You know, what there's a, a, a great business book. I forget who it's by, but, you know, what got you here won't get you there. So you know, beginning of the year, end of the year too is a great time to... to uh, really, I'd look at your business plan and, and what's that next tier that you want to get to. And then consult with, with professionals, your tax professionals, legal, financial advisor. And early in the year, discuss strategies with your advisors to stay ahead of any changes uh, and opportunities that are coming. Because you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh, this is an election year. Things will change. Um, and we want to make sure we're staying on top of what's going on and take advantage of what we forecast could be any changes. Yeah, that's a long ways away, November, and yet it's going to go very fast, right? It's going to go so fast. It seems like we just had the 2020 election, you know, not even the 2022 election. It's, it's, but it is, we are perennially, perennially in an election season. Um, oh yeah, and, and, and as soon as this one's over, it's going to start. You know, the next cycle right. going to begin. So, you just kind of get used to it. That's kind of the modern day we we're in. Yeah, and the yeah. Uh, ignore that social media stuff. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Politics clearly have an impact on the economy. No doubt, policies do, and that impacts our retirement plan. So we should care who's in office, right, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but you know, like with. Most companies, as an individual, you have to adjust to who's in office. You know, companies will have to uh, cut back on spending, uh, watch out for regulations. Uh, they're still going to fight like heck to make money for their shareholders. You, as an individual, as a uh, you have to do the same thing. Um, like Aaron was saying, that you know, do it with a sense of urgency, do it with purpose, do it now, uh, and so that you're not going to look at the end of the year and say. You know, I heard them talk about doing something at the beginning of the year. We didn't do it then. And, you know, now we're at the end of the year. It might be a little bit too late for some things. But um, one thing you should do is stress test your portfolio, stress test your planning. So I, uh, I think Aaron wants to talk about that. We're, yeah, we're going to be getting into that. I want to talk about, before we get into that, I want to talk about uh, five big asset protection planning mistakes, how to avoid them. Uh, and I believe stress testing is a solution for, for these. You know, we like to game situations on what on, on clients. We want to look at the situations and say, what can go wrong? And we're positive people, but we want to, we don't want, you know, we don't want, we don't want all your surprises to be good ones. 
Um, and so if you have substantial, and this is from another white paper that we have, and we're happy to send this out um, for you. We've got a lot of great knowledge, and we like to share a lot of this with people. And so if you have substantial assets, you may be the target for frivolous lawsuits. That's why it's so important to consider asset protection strategies that can create barriers to protect your wealth. Uh, asset protection planning employs legally legally accepted uh, concepts and strategies, as well as specific financial products to ensure a person's wealth is not unjustly taken from him or her. So this is a tricky business. We want to make sure we make all the right moves there. Mistake one is starting your asset protection planning after you are aware you can be sued. Generally, you want to make sure that you you're, you're taking care of this in advance. You know, the the while there are quite a few ways to protect your wealth, they tend to be ineffectual if they're done too late. Move assets around uh, after you're aware of a claim can be made against you into a, into a trust, for example, and you'll learn a new vocabulary term, fraudulent conveyance. Uh, the strategy will likely be reversed by the courts. Um, so there are two types of fraudulent conveyance, actual fraud and constructive fraud. We're not going to get into those. Uh, right now, it's not a very thrilling topic, but that is some that is something to uh, to watch out for. Mistake number two: not having enough or the proper kind of liability insurance. There's a lot of bad guys uh, out there trying to go after what you've got, um, and, and so we will make sure you are protected. So, part of a truly effective asset protection planning is ensuring you have the right kinds of and amounts of liability insurance. Uh, many people could, for instance, significantly benefit from a larger umbrella liability policy, but often they don't think of this. That was one of the first things that I learned getting into this business. Um, that was, you know, think of wealth management, think of your financial planning as a pyramid. You want to make sure that you have uh, your base protected, otherwise it could crumble. So that's your uh, asset protection, your liability insurance, disability insurance, life insurance if there's a need uh, for that. Of course, if there's, if there's need for any of these. Uh, and your estate planning. So but if those things go wrong, the whole state plan uh, or the whole financial plan can crumble if you're if you're earning you've got and you've got your whole plans in place and you all of a sudden become disabled it's not something that happens to other people that can happen to anybody whether you're you're fit or not it doesn't matter you can become you still want to be able to achieve your your family's financial dreams and make sure that you're that they're taken care of so we'll make sure that base of that pyramid's taken care of uh, mistake number three uh, failing to approach uh, asset protection planning in coordination with your other wealth planning efforts. Nothing is in a vacuum. You don't just work on your your asset protection planning over here in the corner and ignore everything else. Just like with the investment planning, it's not. It's all part of one thing. While you can engage in just asset protection planning, there can be considerable benefits if your plan takes into account the other areas such as estate planning and income tax planning as well. A holistic approach to wealth planning enables you to understand trade-offs that you're making as well as any risks that you might overlook. And that's why I think it's important to work with us uh, is to make sure that you're addressing these issues uh, of uh, of your estate plan and your wealth management that, you know, it's football season, right? You know, we're, we're uh, think of it as the, we're the quarterback for your financial situation. We want to make sure everybody's coordinated, whether it's your state planning attorney uh, or your CPA, that everybody's coordinated, marching down the field uh, at the A same time. A good quarterback, not one that turns it over and fumbles. Right. Yes. Whatever the Bears' quarterback is, we don't want him. You know, we want. Uh, <laughs> right. We, yeah. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. No. We're, we want to be make sure that we're um, not dropping the ball. Or fumbling, huh? But I'm on that. Uh, the fourth mistake: not understanding uh, what you did and why you did it. 
a lot of times you start a plan and it's too complex, it's too expensive, and you know, a couple of years in, it's like, why the heck are we doing this? Um, you know, we want we want it to be simple and elegant and make sure that you can at least have some sort of idea and teach it back to me on on, on what it is. Um, and the last mistake is failing to work with a skilled uh, professional as well. So how can you fix it? Is stress testing your asset protection plan? We want we take a look at your situation. Um, and you know, we, we, we don't want your planning to be piecemeal. We want it to be comprehensive. But so we, we take a look and say, okay, what if the market's dropped 35%, which has happened recently and, and or not immediately, but a few years ago. Uh, what happens if you're sued? What happens if you become disabled? What happens if you go through divorce? Uh, what happens if you die? So we want to stress test your financial situation say, okay, we got this taken care of. We got this taken care of. You, it still achieves what what it can, and so we game your situation. We stress the the the, the your your situation, make sure that you're still able to achieve your goals. Um, and a lot of times, uh, when it's done piecemeal, there are a lot of gaps, and they end up failing. Yeah, again, back in the show, we, we how precious life is, right? You don't wake up thinking something bad or a car accident or anything is going to happen, but and and yet it does. That's what life is all about. So what I'm taking away from this, Aaron and Jeff, is have a plan in place. You talked about that pyramid, the base, a good solid base uh, for when things do happen. And that's part of being what you guys do, right? Kind of bringing up unpleasantries, that, but they have to be addressed. Yeah, and I think what Aaron was alluding to also is that when you, if, if years ago you had a million dollars and now you have $10 million, things have changed in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, you don't sit it and forget it. You have to keep reviewing it. You have to keep stress testing it. Even if you have $10 million, does it match your goals, what you're trying to accomplish? I mean, that's a good thing that it went from Absolutely. one to 10. Absolutely. But a lot needs to be, yes. You need to make sure that plan is in place. And it's not just a 401k plan. You talk about the retirement plan, what it all encompasses, a lot of moving parts. Reach out with questions, with comments. If you want to just get in touch with the Kowal Investment Group, 262. 262- 522 or the com. of course all social media as well that's all on the website so please check out the com. we'll be right back coming up on the retirement clinic aaron kowal jeff kowal and today's wealth management and preservation segment that's next i will buy you a house and if i had a welcome back it is time for the wealth management and preservation segment you hear the music right if i had a million dollars and that's kind of all for fun. A million dollars was different in 1960 than it is in now 2024. Aaron Cole and Jeff Cole, what's on today's segment? Well, we're going to talk about the addressing the challenges of giving and receiving family wealth. I know my dad has talked about you know, suddenly wealthy, becoming suddenly wealthy, inheriting money, uh, or, or, uh, or so we want to make sure that we can address these issues because it can be um, difficult and as someone that's earned, earned money, you want to make sure that that lasts, that your kids don't waste it all, because um, that that can happen. Um, and so while most people agree that having money is better than not having money, wealth itself doesn't guarantee a smooth or happy, uh, successful path. I mean, I've seen people that inherited money or won money from a, a lawsuit or settlement and blow it all because they think, oh, I'll make more, and they, they will go buy the cars, go waste it all. Uh, and so the first step to navigating wealth transfer among families to recognize the challenges that inheritors are likely to face so you can be on the lookout for them, whether you're the giver or receiver of assets. So first is a lack of financial knowledge. Inheritors and would-be inheritors too often don't know much about their own money or about money generally. 
It's going to leave them feeling disconnected from their own wealth. You want to make it's ideal, or I it, it would be ideal to make sure that they're educated on that, uh, on, on on that bad spending habits. See it a lot all the time that uh, parents have have accrued quite a bit of wealth and kids spend it all away. So those bad bad spending habits are uh, is, is not good for for inherited money. Uh, they can turn an ocean of wealth into a puddle. Uh, next is feelings of guilt and low self-esteem. It's common to find inheritors saddled with a sense of guilt or anxiety about money that's given to them. Sometimes these feelings stem uh, from inheritors not having a clear, strong sense of who they are and their place in the world prior to receiving assets. Uh, they they fall prey to imposter syndrome. Uh, four, pressure of having a lasting positive impact. The opportunity to be a good steward of the wealth we receive can sometimes feel like a burden if the inheritor feels a great deal of pressure to help couple with, uh, with the uncertainty about the right or best way to offer financial resources and support. So good news is, Paul, that there are ways to address and overcome these challenges that inheritors often face. Uh, for example, they could build and hone f- uh, financial decision-making skills. Chances are an advisor or wealth manager will be involved in managing the inherited wealth. We do that a lot with the clients is work through them with this and help them build those those decision-making skills uh, with them. Build an identity for yourself. Whether you've got nothing in your life but your wealth, that wealth will define you. Inheritors, ideally well before they receive assets, should be allowed and encouraged to pursue a life that includes dealing with challenges, exploring interests, and discovering what they're capable of. Um, Next, share challenges with peers and others. In our experience, inheritors will admit that their wealth creates feelings of isolation and loneliness in them. Their affluence can make it hard for them to relate to or bond with others they encounter in their lives. Because money of, doesn't buy happiness. No, it doesn't buy happiness, and not, not a lot of people have it. Even you know, uh, eight, what the stats are like: eighty-five percent of baby boomers have less than fifty thousand saved for retirement. So when people inherit money, that's a lot of times it's 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 not a natural uh, a natural thing for them to have a lot more than their peers, and can feel uh, isolating. Almost like that NFL rookie, not a rookie, I should say, several years in when they get that big contract. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Many it, times they're just not mature enough to handle it. Right. And I know NFL teams have spent a lot of resources on financial right. education for these. Now, it doesn't always work because right. uh, it is the, the character of the person that, that receives that money. But a lot of these people, especially the stars, go from nothing uh, to you know, more money than God. Uh, An extra step that they already mentioned was share challenges with peers and others. Not the money. Yeah. Not, don't <laughs> yeah. share the money. Share the challenges. You didn't say share the money. That's right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it can be hard to relate to, so we want to make sure that you challenge so people understand it and they can um, relate, I guess. Uh, and then be an active steward of wealth. Stewardship can mean passively sustaining family wealth and status over time, but it can, and some say should, instill and further values such as entrepreneurship and active wealth creation in heirs. Uh, like my kids, I would want them to say, okay, we get you have some money, maybe start a business, be in, financially independent, outside of any money that you may or may not uh, inherit. Uh, so you know, ultimately, family wealth can be a resource to generate amazing good, just that it can be used in ways that lead to personal stagnation or worse. That was a good segment in what Aaron just said, Jeff. You have said countless times over the years. You may, don't ever assume on the inheritance, right? Absolutely. Life could happen. Something could happen. You, you think you're going to get all this money. You may not. Yeah, so it makes sense for you to plan for your own retirement. If you get an inheritance, that's a great plus. It's, I mean, it gives you a cushion, gives you a, a, some breathing room, yeah. but don't plan on that. 
Good stuff, guys. Uh, we'll take a quick break. That was the Wealth Management and Preservation segment with the Coal Investment Group. This is the Retirement Clinic on Wisconsin's most listened-to radio station, WISN. Great start to the new year, 2024, with the Retirement Clinic's first show, of course, for Saturday mornings, each week at 10 a.m. with the Kowal Investment Group, the founder, Jeff Kowal. Thank you so much. Thanks. Great being here. And Happy and, New Year. And Happy New Year. Here's to a great 2024, Aaron. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm happy to have my dad as my guest on the show today. Pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> a family affair. Yeah, and you know, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of information. We want to share a lot of information. We want to help people at an individual level and family level so reach out to us at 262-522-4040 or visit us at the kowal k-o-w-a-l the com, or on facebook and linkedin connect with us and and me personally on on linkedin uh on x at kowal uh, underscore invest not on tiktok yet or uh or ah, any stay of the, off of chinese spyware right but, right right so uh, so reach out to us. We're happy to help. We do offer comp- complimentary consultation where we'll take a look at where you are, see where you're at, where the gaps are, and help you address those. And don't forget Monday through Friday on the Mark Belling Show in the 3 and 5 p.m. news blocks for those daily business market reports from the Colwell Investment Group. Next Saturday, we'll see you guys then at 10 o'clock on WISN.